I'm Ben Rosen, and this is The Sports Podcast. So the other day I did an interview with Brandon Sports Talk about this very, the sports podcast. Make sure to check it out on YouTube. Links are on my social pages on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to go check it out if you haven't already. It was a really good interview with Brandon Sports Talk. He did a very good job with the interview. And yeah, we talk about a lot of things. We talk about the podcast. We talk about my broadcasting. I mean, we talk about a lot of stuff. It's a very good interview. So yeah, make sure to check it out if you haven't already. As I said, links are on my social pages. And yeah. Thanks to Brandon Sports Talk for having me on. It was a very good interview. So yeah, check it out if you haven't already. So multiple reports state that Antonio Brown is going to sign a one-year $2.5 million deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that likely makes them one of the top teams in the NFC. Noah, your thoughts on this? Um, I, I think it makes a lot of sense that he's joining Tampa Bay. I think it's almost to be expected of all teams that that's where he's going to go. And I'm not surprised he's trying to get back in the NFL because as of when he left, he, he still has talent for sure. It just comes down to how much. Is he still a star receiver or is he just good enough to make it on the Jets? Are you surprised that a team would sign him prior to his suspension ending at the conclusion of Week 8? No, because here's my thing. Multiple teams were probably into him. So what that means is one of them was bound to try to do it before. So it comes down to how quickly can you do it. Because if you wait until the week his suspension ends, somebody's going to have got him by then. And with the COVID testing, COVID-19 testing protocols that the NFL has, you have to pass like five or six COVID tests before you can even get into the team facility. Yes, and that is helping my point here. So do you think this makes the Buccaneers the favorite in the NFC now? No, no. Because just like Rob Gronkowski, just like Tom Brady, for all we know, he's washed out. Because how long has it been since we've seen this guy play a full NFL game? The last time that he played was week two last season with the Patriots against the Dolphins. Yes, and did he really look that good that game? I mean, he got a couple touchdown catches. Yes, fair. But since then, he's had multiple problems. So I think this doesn't really make him any stronger. My guess is he'll just be maybe second, third string receiver in the order because he, he probably won't be better than Evans. And at the same time, he probably won't be better than the other, than Goodwin. Chris Godwin. Godwin. Yeah, I don't think he'll be better than either of them. So he'll probably just be on half the plays for what I'm understanding. I think this definitely makes them even more of a threat offensively because now you got three starting high-quality wide receivers. But I think the problem you could run into with Antonio Brown is his attitude. Yeah. That's, that's and his legal record. That's what forced him out of... Um, New England. Yeah, New England. And I'm sure he might be better. But I do want to ask you something. So, of course, I'd say, was it two or three years ago, Montez Berthick and him 
the big hit from Von yes, Tesbeck. that like, incident during the playoff think, game. Do you think that is why this is happening? Because that has been suggested. I don't times. know. I honestly don't know. It's too hard to tell. Do you think it is worth the risk of the PR and all that to sign him? Yes. Because he still could be good. I don't think he is, but there is still potential for him to be good. If you were a head coach or a general manager, would you take a chance on him, knowing what's happened for the time since he last played an NFL game? Yes, because if he's still at the form he was then it'll be well worth it. Do you think when Antonio Brown plays that first game in week nine, which I'm guessing he'll be playing that week because his suspension ends at the conclusion of week eight, do you think we'll see the same Antonio Brown that we saw with the Steelers? Well, of course not, because it's been, I think, two years, and he's had this whole off year pretty much, and he hasn't, I guarantee... He hasn't been practicing as much as he would if he was on NFL roster. So I can 100% guarantee he's not going to be as good. He might be close to as good, but he is not going to be the same player. Now, one thing that surfaced on the internet was the moment that Adam Schefter first tweeted about Brown heading to Tampa to eventually get signed. He picked him up on his fantasy team per sources. Do you think he was taking advantage of the sources that he has I don't, in his fantasy football league? I don't see why this matters at <laughs> all. Because why does this matter? Yeah, he might be taking advantage. But have you considered he has the ability to? And I don't even know whose fancy league he's in. He's in the ESPN league. Yes, so they all probably would have had that <laughs> advantage. Because I guarantee they all knew before this broke. So, do you think, if you're a fantasy owner, which you are and I am, do you think it's worth picking up Antonio Brown in fantasy football? Yes. For the simple thing, I don't think he'll be great, but he will still be a good enough receiver, and I think if you're going to pick him up, you have to do it between this week and potentially early next week, because somebody's going to snap I think if you're going to pick him up, pick him up now. Because the moment that that signing becomes, like, officially official and the Buccaneers yeah. send out that press release... Someone's going to try to snap him up. Yeah, everyone's going to be all over him on the waiver wire. Which is why I think you add him right now, because won't he be over for... Won't he be waiver claims when... Yeah, because once the games start, it goes to... Yeah, so I think you add him now, because the waivers aren't going on currently. And then you don't have to deal with where you are in the waiver order either. Yes. Yes. So, with the Antonio Brown signing, obviously we talked about whether or not this makes them the best team in the NFC. Do you think this means they've... Do you think this moves their offense up in terms of how you would rank them? Do you think this makes their offense better? Not really. Honestly, they are way better players, receivers, even on that team. I think it might help, but they, they it's not going to play a giant effect. What do you think is the biggest risk the Buccaneers are taking with signing Antonio Brown? I guess maybe him getting suspended again. Maybe. Maybe something stupid happening with him. Yeah, I would consider signing him, 
but I would try to stay away from it if I were a head coach or general manager just because of the PR nightmare that it could cause because of his record and everything. Do you think we'll see a changed Antonio Brown on the football field? No. And I don't know why you think we would see a different Antonio Brown. I think he'll be less good, but his personality-wise and his ability, he'll still be good at the same things. He won't be as good, but he will still be relatively high in the things he was good at. And his his reactions, they're still going to be the same. He's still going to be what he was pretty much with the Steelers. So, we talked about how this affects the Buccaneers. How do you think this affects the rest of the NFC? I don't really think it does, honestly. This is the same. It's a bit better, but I feel like this would be the same as if you traded a few, like, draft picks for for someone like, I don't know, John Brown. Or as if he had signed with the Seahawks. Because that was a rumor, is that he was going to end up with the Seahawks. I think overall, he'll be as good as maybe like Cole Beasley, but he's not going to be this insane guy, you know, be a good enough wide receiver, but he's not going to be top. One thing I'm a little surprised about, but I'm also not surprised about, I'm surprised someone waited till this point to sign him. Yeah, but I think they didn't want to have him on for that long. But I could see why they would wait until maybe now, because now everyone's going for it, so dive into it. And his suspension ends at the end of next week. So they'll be able to get through the COVID-19 testing, and then he'll be able to get into the facility if he does pass all those tests. Yeah. And then his suspension ends at the end of week eight next week, and then he'll be eligible to play in their week nine game as long as... He clears all the COVID protocols. Yeah, that's true. That is what will happen. So, do you think that the Seahawks, even though they weren't able to sign him, do you think they'll still be able to play at the levels that they've been playing at? Um, yeah, obviously. They're still the Seahawks. They still... We'll have Tyler Lockett, they'll still have DK Metcalf, they'll still have Russell Wilson. So, I don't see why they'll be too big of a change. They won't be a change. They just won't be, they'll just be without Antonio Brown. Yeah. So, do you think it would have had more of an impact on the Seahawks if they had signed him than it does on the Buccaneers from what it looks like? No, I think it would have had a less impact because I don't think, I think he'd be average with maybe Metcalf bit worse than him so now it wouldn't it would have made maybe the same effect if you think about it because they don't really need a receiver yeah i think both teams have really good wide receiver groups but yeah i think signing with the buccaneers would be an upgrade for him comparative to signing with the seahawks so yeah we'll have to wait and see what happens antonio brown is going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. The IHSA Class 6A Football State Tournament is coming up, and it's time for us to make our predictions. Noah, what do you think of giving a brief overview here of this bracket? Looking at the bracket as a whole, what 
What do you notice? Um, I noticed that um, it's going to take almost a whole month to do because the, um, the very first games are 10.30 and the finals are 11.27 or 11.28. So that's pretty much a month. I think there's some very intriguing matchups that we could see in some of the later rounds based on the way this bracket lines up. Well, yeah, Especially but I, in the South Semi-State. I mean, I could say that almost every year. So. I think the South Semi-State's going to be a lot more competitive than the, than the North Semi-State. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so we'll start with Sectional 1. Those two semifinal matchups are Lake Central at Lafayette Jefferson and Crown Point at Maryville. Who's going to that sectional championship well, game? Well, I got Lake Central winning the first game, which I think is going to be a close game in the end. I wouldn't call it an upset, but it might be you know slightly different. And then Crown Point beating Maryville. I so have I Lafayette, know. Jeff, and Maryville yeah. in that sectional championship game. Mm-hmm. And I, I have Lake Central winning that sectional championship. I have Maryville winning. Yep. In, in sectional two, Penn at Chesterton and Elkhart at Portage are the two semifinals. Want to make it clear before starting on this? I don't really know. Either. Of those four teams, I don't really know any of them that well. But I have Penn winning and Elkhart winning. I have Chesterton and Elkhart, and then I have Elkhart yeah. going on to face Maryville in the regional. I got Elkhart playing Lake Central. All right, sectional three. Carroll at Warsaw and Fort Wayne Snyder at Homestead are the two sectional semifinal matchups. Well, I got Warsaw winning and Homestead winning. I have Carroll and Homestead. And then I have Warsaw advancing. I have Homestead winning that sectional. Mm, interesting. Sectional four, Hamilton Southeastern at Fishers and Westfield at Noblesville. Okay. The two semifinal matchups. Well, um, I have HSE and Westfield playing, and then I got Westfield advancing from that one. I have... Now, there was some debate on whether or not I could make a pick. For the purposes of having a complete bracket... I'm going to make a pick on that game. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would mm-hmm. look weird. You don't know who you're going to pick. Fishers, Westfield. Westfield goes to the regional. You know, this is one where I'm going to somewhat complain. Because unlike with maybe, you know, this this Northwest area, which when I even buy, you, you know, I guarantee you know a lot about both HSE and Fishers. And, and you've seen them play this year. And you still, you think... That Fishers will win that game let before me, getting destroyed let me by bring, Westfield. Let me bring a number up for you. Five and one. That is Fisher's sectional record against HSC. Five and one. So. Yes, and Fishers has been good in past years, but they're not this year. So, Noah, who's going to be playing for the North Semi-State Championship? Um, I have Elcott beating Lake Central and then Westfield beating Warsaw. I have Maryville beating Elkhart and Westfield beating Homestead. Okay. Who's going to represent the North Semi-State in the state championship game? Yeah, Westfield. I have Westfield, too. Now we move on to the South Semi-State in sectional five. Those semifinal matchups are Pike at Carmel and Brownsburg at Avon. Well, I got Pike-Brownsburg because I feel like Brownsburg is pretty obvious in Pike. Kind of 50-50 game, though. 
I have Carmel and Brownsburg in the sectional championship game with Brownsburg winning to advance to the regional. Yeah, similar things. Yeah. In sectional six, the two semifinal matchups are Ben Davis at Southport and Perry Meridian at Arsenal Tech. Who's coming out of that sectional? I got Ben Davis, Arsenal Tech with Ben Davis winning. Exact same. Got a feeling that would happen. That, ben that... Davis, Arsenal Tech in the sectional title game, Brownsburg, Ben Davis Regional. Yeah. Cool. Sectional 7, Lawrence Central at Lawrence North and Warren Central at North Central. Got Lawrence North facing Lawrence Central and Lawrence North winning. I have Lawrence North and North Central with Lawrence North winning the sectional. Yeah. I feel like this the whole this that that whole part of the bracket with these two te- with this section on the next one, they, it's gonna be really tight. Sectional eight, Columbus East at Franklin Central and Center Grove at Columbus North. Well, I think we're gonna have almost complete opposites here because I'm I have Columbus East and Center Grove with Center Grove winning. Exact same. Oh wow! I didn't Columbus think you'd East have... Center Grove Center Grove Lawrence North. Regional. I didn't I didn't think you'd have anything from Center Grove. Not Center Grove Columbus East. Center Grove is pretty obvious, but but you're gonna put a lot more faith in Franklin Central. So who's gonna be playing in the South Semi State Championship? I have Brownsburg facing Center Grove. Same. I have Brownsburg beating Ben Davis, Center Grove be- beating Lawrence North. Who's Which, gonna? I'd like to say we have the same matchups at this point in the bracket because we both have Westfield in the finals, and then we have all same from that pot forward. So who's gonna play? Who's gonna represent the South Semi State at Lucas Oil Stadium in the IHSAA Class Six A? I think it will be Brownsburg facing Westfield. I have Westfield Center Grove. And I got Westfield winning. I have Center Grove winning. You're just doing what everyone will say is going to happen. Center than, Grove is unstoppable. Other than that Fisher's HSE game, you are taking no risks. You are legit just saying what everyone is Five saying. Five and one. Let me I'm remind just, you of that number. What, I wasn't even arguing with that right now. This just shows your cockiness to Fisher's High School. The fact <laughs> I, I wasn't even, no, 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 no. I wasn't even talking. I mentioned them because I was saying it's a bit off of a prediction. I'm not saying it's wrong right now. I'm just pointing out Fair you're enough. pretty much just saying what everyone else is saying. Boom. Ben Davis winning. Brownsburg. Lawrence North. Center Grove. Center Grove. <laughs> At least I took risks here. You're just doing okay, whatever I says actually think that Lawrence North North Central matchup could be a back and forth. That one was a tough one to pick. Yeah, it was. What do you think is the toughest sectional on this bracket? Mm. This is going to sound really dumb, but I can explain. I think it's Ben Davis, Southport, Perry Meridian, Arsenal Tech. Not because I think they're the best, but because I think they're the most even. Of all the sectionals, except for maybe Ben Davis. But I think it it could go to any of them, potentially. Yeah, I think Ben Davis will easily get out of that sectional. I think the toughest sectional on this bracket, by far, no questions asked, is sectional five. Pike, Carmel, Brownsburg, Avon. Well, yeah, it's, it's Brownsburg's playground. I mean, yeah. You could consider, I would also consider sectional seven in there, Lawrence Central, Lawrence North, Warren Central, North Central. But I think by far the South Semi-State's going to be a lot harder than the North Semi-State. Yeah, 
Well, I could have told you that. Because chances are, to get to state on the South Semi-State side of the bracket, you're going to have to beat Center Grove. Yeah, and I think Brownsburg can do that. So, looking at the north side of the bracket, now that we discussed some of the south side, what do you think the toughest sectional is on the north side of the bracket? Um, probably Penn, Chesterton, Elkhart, Portage, once again, because I think it's the most even compared to, like, um, maybe HSE, Fishers, Westfield, Noblesville, because Westfield's going to dominate it, which means it'll be the toughest to get out of. But it will also technically be, you know, the least predict, the most predictable. I'm going to go with sectional one is mine, Lake Central, Lafayette, Jefferson, Crown Point, Maryville. I think that Lafayette, Jeff, Maryville sectional title game that I have predicted is going to be very competitive. And yeah, I think you could also put sectional four in there. But as we know... Fishers and Noblesville are not as good this year. No, Fishers and Noblesville are going to be potatoes this year. It's it's going to be HSE Westfield, and Westfield's going to wipe the floor until the state championship, I think. I think that's going to be their first real challenge of the whole tournament. So you don't even think Maryville or Elkhart could challenge them? No. I think, though I think that finals game will be a challenge, no matter who they're playing from that south side. But... They're going to sweep the floor. Yeah, I think by far, the South Semi-State's going to be hard. But Westfield, I think, would have a challenge against Maryville or Elkhart. Yes, but Maryville is in a section with teams that all... Lafayette Jeff's pretty good. Lafayette Jeff, I think, could play with them. Yes, and Lafayette Jeff has to play Maryville. The two teams that you think will compete with this team have to play each other before there's any, any chance of them playing. I think Westfield will cruise to semi-state, but that's where it could get interesting. Who do you think is the biggest sleeper on this bracket that can pull a surprise? I, maybe Lake Central, I guess. Maybe, if you think about it, Warsaw. Because I have them going somewhat far, but not too far. I think Homestead on the north side of the bracket and then Ben Davis on the south side of the bracket could be sleeper picks. Okay. Because even though there may not be the records to show for it with some of these teams, mm-hmm. like Ben Davis, they play in the MEC. So they play a very tough schedule. Yeah. Um, I am going to say this about Westfield. And I think this is why they'll ultimately win. They will have a big challenge in that state championship game. But I think because of how high their morale will be, because of, you know, being able to pretty much sweep it until they get here, that's going to give them the edge in the end. Who do you think is going to be Center Grove's biggest challenge when it comes to completing the undefeated season and winning the Class 6A state championship? Pretty much. Pretty much, once they leave their sectional, everyone's a challenge. Because Lawrence North, even if one North Central, Lawrence Central, they could all potentially fight them. I mean, and Lawrence then, North had a two-possession lead, a 13-point lead against Center Grove during the regular yeah. season matchup. Brownsburg, Ben Davis, I think they can all compete. And then Center Grove, Westfield will probably be a pretty tough match. 
as well. So I think it'll take a lot of work for them to come out. But if they do it, it wouldn't be shocking. What do you think is going to be the most entertaining first-round matchup? Um, none of them are going to look too entertaining. I guess I'll go Pike Carmel. Maybe Arsenal Tech Perry Meridian. I would probably say Brownsburg-Avon or Pike Carmel. I think sectional five is going to be very competitive. I don't think there's an easy route to winning sectional five. I mean, I'm sure as you notice, there are some huge rivalry matchups on this bracket. Well, yeah, you have to play the local teams and you hate the local teams. Fishers HSC. Brownsburg, Avon, Lawrence Central, Lawrence North. Do you think that we could see some upsets in some of these high-intensity rivalry matchups? Potentially, but by reading your bracket, you really seem to doubt something like that will happen. Because of all the matchups, you only have one of them turning in awkward direction. Well, I think Avon Brownsburg might is probably going to be a lot closer than the regular season meeting. And I think all three of them will be closer than the regular season meeting. Yeah. I think just because it's the state tournament, you know, you come out you come out and you try to play your best cuz winner go home. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to be a team not named Center Grove that's a favorite to win the state championship? If you had to pick somebody other than Westfield or Center Grove. I don't even have Center Grove in the finals. I don't know why you're asking me this. Brownsburg, Westfield, Ben Davis, Lawrence North, practically the whole south side. I'd say Brownsburg and Lawrence North. If it's not Center Grove or Westfield. And Maryville and Elkhart. You could put in that category. Yeah, maybe. So, um, you, you, of course, you said we have, currently, we have polar opposites in section one. Jam. So, um, that really shows, once again, I'm taking risks here. Yeah, not. Because we have complete opposites. You're just saying, right, one's going to happen. This this area is known for kind of upset stories. Well, now. remember, there were a lot of upsets last year. Yes, but this year, you, seeing that, what you're saying this year is, nah, that won't happen. It's just going to be the same boring thing that happened every other year. That makes a lot of sense, Ben. Yeah. So, so you're going to come out here, and what you're going to do is say... Well, I think it'll be pretty standard. And then proceed to say, there were a ton of upsets last year. So, there might be some upsets this year. Yeah, um... Okay, so what side are you picking here? I think this year we're not going to see as many upsets. Just because of the circumstances and everything. I think, especially the teams that are senior heavy, I think are going to go deep. Just because that continuity and, you know... Yeah. I think it's going to be a very interesting tournament, especially in the North Semi-State. 
because other than Westfield, there's no clear favorite. Yeah, I know what you're saying. So what is one last takeaway that you have of this bracket? I've just spent 16 minutes giving my takeaways. I don't know what other takeaways you need. What? Um, the thing, I, I think it'll exist. I don't think teams will fluke out of it. Actually, I do think teams will fluke out of it often. And I think field goals are going to be costly during the tournament for reasons. All right. Make one bold prediction. Kickers are going to struggle. All right. My bold prediction is this. We will see at least, at least two teams with the under 500 record advance to their sectional championship game. Well, that's not saying much. All they have to do is win one game. Do you think there will be home field adva- do you think home field advantage will come into play? No, no, because they haven't really had that much home field advantage. So, like, because I don't think they've been using their home field as much, so I don't think there will be as much home field advantage, if any. Especially with the limited attendance with yeah. the COVID-19 protocols and whatnot. Yeah. Do you think we could see a lot more road teams winning than last year? Yes, that's what I just said. I said that there won't be as much home field advantage, which just means road teams will take a, the same. It will be an equal game. I think we'll see a lot of road teams winning, but I also could see a lot of home teams winning. But we'll have to wait and see what happens in the IHSA Class 6A Football State Tournament. I'm going to start announcing the Sportscaster Live broadcast game that I'll be doing for the college football. Each college football Saturday, I'm going to start announcing it here on the podcast weekly. Did this last last week with Iowa State, Oklahoma State. And for this week, week nine of the college football season, not really... Many games that stand out. Only one top 25 matchup, Ohio State and Penn State. But the game I will be doing, a matchup that I did not think at the beginning of the season, if I looked at the original schedule, well, when the Big Ten announced their schedule for the current version of the schedule and said that I would be doing this game, uh, I would not have believed you. And that game is number 17, Indiana and Rutgers. Indiana coming off an upset win over Penn State in dramatic fashion in overtime with Tom Allen going for two and Michael Penix Jr. scoring the game-winning two-point conversion. Against a Rutgers team that beat Michigan State and surprised a lot of people. The only Big Ten matchup this week featuring 1-0 teams. So yeah, may not be the biggest matchup in terms of college football playoff implications or top 25. But 
That's the matchup I'm going with. Number 17, Indiana and Rutgers is the game that I'll be doing. So, yeah. What do you think about that? Indiana and Rutgers will be my Sportscaster Live feature game this coming Saturday. I'm Ben Rosen, and this is the Sports Podcast.